Hello and welcome back to your division previews here on the Next Fan Up podcast. Hey everybody, Pod Vader. And uh, yeah, we're having a lot of fun going through all these teams. Uh, the NFC East today, and there was no way I could do the NFC East without at least some representation of the NFC East. You know, I mean, Neil's a regular. He's a Redskins super fan. Uh, you know, Kevin, he's our Cowboy super fan. And uh, oh, yeah, James. James, our Eagle super fan. James is here. Hello, James. Hey, Pod. Look, if you want to do an NFC East podcast, it's best to have the most sane member of this division <laughs> present. Not the overly eccentric or the wildly whimsical or the completely insane. <laughs> I'll pick out who who amongst the remaining three representatives those monikers represent. uh, Completely insane is 100% Jared. Uh, Whimsical is got to be Neil. And the other one, that only leaves Kevin for for your other two. The NFC East, you guys like to call it the NFC Beast. I like to call it the NFC Least. I don't Whoa. see it as the. I don't. I don't see it as the least this particular season. I think that's. We didn't mention it during our AFC East preview, uh, which if you've missed, you can go back and listen to wherever great podcasts are heard: Apple, Spotify, <laughs> Spotify, uh, Google, Pandora. Uh, that is definitely the least division. Uh, this is going to be a fairly competitive division with the exception of one team that's been getting a lot of smoke and I don't get it. I don't know why people think this team's going to be much better than last year. I see them just being as bad uh, as last year. I didn't see them make that many improvements. And that is the team that I have picked for, Oh, I should mention before I jump into this, uh, this is a game by game prediction. I do this every season. If you've missed any of our pre- previous uh, prediction shows, like I just mentioned, go back and listen to them. I've picked the winner and loser of every single game this season. And this season, I've added lock wins and lock losses. And in this particular case, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The last place team in the NFC East, as I have predicted, with a 4 and 12 record are your New York football giants, whom I have no lock victories for and four lock losses for. 
their lock losses being at the Cowboys, home against the Buccaneers, at the Seahawks, and at the Ravens. Uh, th- there's no way in the world they're going to win those games. And frankly, James, I see it difficult for them to win a game until week six against the Redskins. And really, the only reason why I even have a victory for them in that particular game is just because division games, I think, are 50-50. And if I do that, I normally give the home field team the advantage. But their first five games, Steelers week one at Bears, (laughs) home to the 49ers, at the Rams, at the Cowboys. I don't see a way that they can get a victory in any of those games. Yeah, I, look, I, I think the reason they're getting a lot of talk is because of the new head coach, uh, former Packers coach, Shermer. Sorry, not Shermer. Um, no, it's Joe I, Judge, the Patriots special teams coach. Oh, gosh, sorry. I'm thinking of the other team in the division. So many coaching changes this year in this division. Everybody changed coaches except for me. Hard to keep track of who went where. But, yes, Joe Judge, new head coach, again, and there was question marks around, look, you know Joe Judge better than probably anybody else in this division. How and why he got hired is probably a mystery unbeknownst to anyone outside of anyone inside the Patriots organization um, because he was primarily a special teams coach, and when his hire was made, it was weird, but everyone's high on Daniel Jones. I don't know why he's a continuation of Eli Manning, who, by the way, folks, is the most average quarterback in NFL history. And when I say average, his record as a starting quarterback through his career is 151, 151, and two. He is a perfect 500 quarterback over his career. Yes, he has two Super Bowl wins. (laughs) But outside of that, the guy was average, and Daniel Jones is showing to be an extension of Eli Manning. So, and they didn't give him any weapons. No, Golden Tate, did. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Uh, they drafted. Yeah. Uh, actually, they didn't even draft. Uh, they they picked up a guy in undrafted free agency. Uh, that's towards the back end of their. I mean, I heard I heard someone on a podcast say they're expecting a lot out of Corey Coleman. I'm sorry. If you're expecting a lot out of Corey Coleman, you're in trouble. Uh, you, I mean, you have Evan Ingram and Levine Tololo at tight end, and obviously you have one of the best running backs in the league in Saquon Barkley. You grab Deion Lewis. You, you grab Deion Lewis as a receiving back, but he's definitely at the end of his career. I just don't. I just don't see it. Uh, and. Well, I mean, their well, offensive line, maybe they've made, maybe they can improve. I, I and just, that's, that's uh, what I want to get to is that three of the first five draft picks went to the offensive line to get tackle Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, tackle Matt Pert from Connecticut, and guard Shane Lemieux from Oregon. And granted, yes, three rookies in the first five picks but they have to be an upgrade over what was already a porous offensive line last season. For the, for the time that Daniel Jones had to play last season, he pretty much was looking at the sky in the second half of the season when he was playing. The first half, smoke and mirrors, mostly because of Saquon Barkley. And when you have a talent like Barkley back there, he can make any offensive line look better than what it is. And as the season progressed, this line pretty much simultaneously got worse as the season went on. That By the end of the year, you were wondering how they were even scoring points because that's how bad it was. 
But when you spend draft capital like that of your three of your first five on the line specifically, that, that has to pay some dividends and hopefully immediately. Granted, we don't expect rookies um, to make that much of an impact on the old line from day one. But you do have that rare breed that sometimes, you know, like the Colts did a couple of years ago with Nelson, maybe the Giants have one of those guys here in these three offensive linemen they drafted. But they can't get any worse than last year because it's going to shorten Barkley's career and it's going to put Daniel Jones on IR by week six. I just I, I don't see any real improvement on the offensive side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, most of their – most of their draft capital and most of the guys that they brought in from an undrafted free agent standpoint are all on the defensive side, but they're all at the back end of their, of their roster. And I just, you know, Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, Dexter Lawrence, Kyrell, uh, Kyler Fackrell, David Mayo, Blake Martinez, Lorenzo Carter. I'm their front seven. Isn't exactly scaring me. Uh, there's, there's definitely some stronger players in there and I, and, and, and there's a chance, but I mean, they got to get to the quarterback because their secondary is Deandre Baker, James Bradbury, Jabril Peppers, Julian Love. I just, Xavier McKinney, they drafted in the second round. I just don't, I just don't see where the strength of this team is other than Saquon Barkley and Saquon needs to have an offensive line. It's just everything to me that the, they've got puzzle pieces, but they don't have a puzzle. If that makes sense, James. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much like they stumbled into a box. It had a couple of pieces and they have no idea what the picture is supposed to look like because the puzzle is supposedly 500 pieces and they have four. Hmm. So, I mean, other people might have faith in, in the New York Giants. I do not, and I'm sure Crazy Jared has a much different opinion about this, but uh, uh, that start of the season is going to be rough for them, uh, as I've predicted, five straight losses, and they're going to end in a similar fashion with five straight losses. At the Seahawks, week 13, uh, Cardinals coming to town, Browns coming to town, at the Ravens, and then the Cowboys at the end of the season. Maybe they get a win out of the Cowboys because the Cowboys have locked up a playoff spot at that point. I just uh I don't see I don't see very many areas for victories. I have them beating the Redskins at home, and that's because it's a division game and it's at home. I have them pulling off a victory at the Eagles. You guys in some weird sense always flip flop which team wins. Like the away team almost always wins your games. Which yeah, I always swept find, them last year. Uh, I always find that odd. And then I have them beating the Bengals, whom, you know, spoiler alert, if we haven't already uh, played this preview. Uh, the Bengals are one of the worst teams in the league. Still, they're just, they're just, they're just bad. But Joe Burrow, <laughs> Joe Burrow is a rookie quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Study that. Do you have anything else you want to say about the Giants? Because I'm pretty much done talking about. It. Let's talk about a team that's going to lose a bunch of games. No, nothing else to say here. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This next team, I actually think might be a little underrated, even by my standards. And, the, and actually... When I first went through and did their win losses, they ha- I had them with a worse record, and then it changed. My son and I have been playing a Madden tournament, uh, so I'm getting to learn all these new rosters as we're playing every team against each other. And I think a team with a very underrated, no name type defense that will finish third in this particular division are your Washington Redskins. Uh, and I say your just because, you know, that's what you say. I yeah, know yeah, yeah. Yours, Look, just because I grew up in D.C. doesn't make them mine. <laughs> I know they're not yours. But their defensive line, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, Ryan Kerrigan, Chase Young uh, in, the, in the linebacking core, Thomas Davis in the linebacking core, John Bostick in the linebacking core. Uh, their front seven is strong. Yeah, and it doesn't help that Rivera, defensive specialist coach, Mm -hmm. is the new head coach in Washington. He's definitely going to shake some things up and get something out of this front seven. We all knew Chase Young was going to be that can't-miss draft pick that Washington was definitely going to take, even though teams were trying to trade up to get him. Washington wasn't listening. They they had to do something because last year, this defense was sixth in the league as far as allowing points at 28 per game. So... reinvigorating the pass rush with some youth and Montez Sweat wasn't consistent last year as a rookie. He gets some, you know, some rotational time in some key third down plays. He he could see his numbers take a a little jump up to gain more consistency in the rotation. Well, I think we can blame old spice for that. They're trying to take sweat out of the game, (laughs) but they do have some, some great pass rushers there. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan, who I'm glad missed one of the games last season against my squad. Um, if Chase Young turns into it is even 50% of the hype, he's going to be a problem. And, um, you know, th- th- this is going to be an offensive line that if they can hold together for a number of years, will be very fearful for other teams. Now, if we want to talk about a weakness uh, on this defense, it's definitely in the secondary. And your corners are all average type, you know, good corners. Fabian Moreau, Ronald Darby, Aaron Colvin, Kendall Fuller being the best out of that bunch with Landon Collins as your strong safety. Uh, And then you have uh, Sean Davis currently listed as your starting free safety. So there's definitely if if that front seven doesn't get to the quarterback, the secondary is going to have to do work. And that's probably where the weakness lies on this defensive squad. Yeah. And I can speak to Ronald Darby, a bit of health issues ever since leaving Buffalo. 
a couple of years ago to play in Philly. Couldn't really stay healthy. Hasn't played a full 16-game season since he left Buffalo. Um, health issues aside, is a, at best okay man-to-man cover corner, but can be fooled with a speed guy or double move consistently, and therein lies my problem. If it's a bigger average speed guy, he can be physical, pretty much disrupt the timing, break up passes and everything. But you get a guy that's nothing but speed that can run circles around a DB and Darby is just heels in sand, basically. He's not going anywhere. So Ron Rivera is the new head coach in Washington. And we've been talking about the way that the virus has impacted everything uh, with this NFL season. And this is one of those areas where you have a new head coach installing his system. You have a second year quarterback who's now got to learn a new system, but is he the guy or is it the guy they brought in who already knows Ron Rivera's system, Kyle Allen? Is he going to be the guy? Cause quite honestly, is there that big a difference between Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen? And then the wild card here, James, is Alex Smith is healthy enough to play the game of football. Now, if you have not watched the ESPN 360 piece on Alex Smith and his leg, first, make sure you're not eating while you watch it. Oh, yeah. Second, uh, it is an amazing piece of medical uh, brilliance that they saved this man's leg. the only thing I will say is uh, while you're out there enjoying your summer barbecue and you eat a chicken leg, after you take a, the first couple of bites off that chicken leg, that was Alex Smith's leg at one point. Just just to give you that visual. <laughs> and they oh, showed it in the I, I piece. Didn't need that. Which, by the way, I apologize to you all if you were eating right now and I just put that image in your head. Uh, but Alex Smith has fully recovered from that. And if not for a virus, he would be out there playing the game of football with his teammates. Uh, Alex Smith is a big wild card in this. I think Alex Smith could honestly end up taking over the starting role if they don't trade him or, or let him go in some sort of salary cap management situation. Uh, The quarterback position though, is definitely a huge question mark here for the Washington Redskins. Not only that uh, running back as well, but since we started on quarterback, I'll just say this. The only two guys I see coming into the season with a chance to start for this team are Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith. And like you said, that's primarily on Alex Smith. Smith is the veteran. He could probably grasp whatever system is thrown in um, for the offense more quickly than Haskins based on you know his longevity in the league, uh, his track record of playing well, um, if not solid quarterback play. And Haskins just doesn't have the history yet of um, consistency and good play. Um, he does have the athleticism. He does have um, the, the upside that you want to put in there so that it can be honed and matured. But at this point, I can only see it be one of those two guys. Cal Allen, look, for whatever hype he had last year after winning the first two starts, um, in replacing Cam Newton, died very quickly. And um, once teams keyed in on, you know, what they can fool him with and what they can get away with by confusing him and tricking him into reads that weren't there, 
uh, he pretty much faltered in that Panthers offense and everything was on McCaffrey. So I don't see how Kyle Allen can take this job. If it was between Kyle Allen and Haskins, there's no way Allen wins the starting job from Haskins. But if it's between Haskins and Smith, then, yeah, there's a good chance Smith could take the job from Haskins. Uh, since you brought up the running backs, they have an interesting core of running backs here with Adrian Peterson still in town, Darius Geis, uh, who apparently doesn't know how to stay healthy. Antonio Gibson was drafted in the third round. Uh, they have Bryce Love, who they drafted in the fourth round last season. Peyton Barbara was brought in. He's not going to be a starter, but he's definitely a third down dangerous type running back. But they also brought in JD McKissick, uh, similar fashion. All of these running backs are not going to remain with the Washington Redskins. So, again, whatever training camp looks like, whatever the preseason ends up looking like, that's going to determine which of these guys are going to end up playing on this roster. Yeah, and I think the only locks for this roster right now are Geis and Peterson, despite whatever Geis' health situation is. He may start the season on PGP or um, injury reserve designated to return. Uh, I, I truly feel bad for Geist because this is a kid highly touted coming out of LSU and rookie season blows his ACL. Last year just never quite got right and had an injury on the other leg that pretty much took him out for the season. So things just fell on Peterson. And look, I'll give it to Peterson for the phenomenal shape that he's keeping his body in at this age. I haven't seen anything like this since Herschel Walker in the late 80s, early 90s, where it was like, well, Herschel Walker's too old to play, but Herschel Walker still looks better than most 23-year-olds coming into the league at the time when he was pretty much knocking 40. So um, Peterson's in that same type of shape. Uh, Receiving core, these are basically speed guys who are still learning the route tree as far as I'm concerned. If these, if these guys are given a go route, a deep post, deep corner, double moves, they would blow by any secondary. Their issue came in the intermediate routes, the stick mm-hmm. routes, the quick outs. Um, they're running because th- their speed is their benefit. And you, start, you have to start with McLaurin, obviously the fastest receiver that they have in this entire bunch. Sims Jr., Harmon, solid guys as well. But again, those intermediate routes, those digs, nod routes, those choice routes where they have to find the spot in the zones, that's where this course suffers. But once they figured that out and they did develop a chemistry with Haskins, which is why I think Haskins wins the job over Allen as opposed to Smith. Once they figure out those intermediate routes and how to run them properly so that they can consistently get open, this is going to be a dangerous offense. I'm glad you skipped over Cody Latimer, who's a guy who's never lived up to his potential. Uh, They did draft Antonio Gandy-Golden, who hopefully can help them out uh, with that short intermediate routes. Uh, But that's a big load to put on a rookie wide receiver. Rookie wide receivers never perform up to the perception that they're supposed to in their first season. It usually takes them a little time before they make a huge impact on the team. Uh, and this is, again, another team. Uh, we we haven't really talked about their offensive line. The right side is strong and Brandon Scherf and Morgan Moses. It's the center and to the left that needs a little work. Well, you know, the left side 
pretty much they had to unload had to unload basically an all pro because he wasn't happy with the medical staff and how they diagnosed um a lump in his head that proved to be cancerous. Um they ended up trading him to San Francisco. So I'm happy that he was able to get out of there. Unfortunately it does weaken them on that left side. And from what I see here, uh Jerron Christian Senior and Wes Weiser, you're tackling guard respectively on that left side with Chase Rouillet as the starting center. This is going to be a learning curve for these guys, um, no matter how they run the offense. They're going to have to jail quickly because out the gate, they got the Eagles week one. And, um, you know, we, we, we pretty much run eight, nine guys throughout the entire game consistently um, at offenses. So while they're gassed in the second half, we still have guys who are relatively fresh coming after them. And um, if, they, if they don't, fix that between now and whenever week one starts, it's going to be a long season because teams are going to, you know, pick in on those weaknesses and figure out how they can confuse that side of the line, especially with some in-tackle stunts. Uh, I have the Redskins at 6-10. and ten. No lock victories. Two lock losses. Week four against the Ravens and then week 13 at the Steelers. I don't think the Redskins can, can win those games. The Cowboys um, arguably the strongest team on their schedule, maybe the 49ers. Um, but the Cowboys are a division rival. And so those are always 50, 50 games. And I know I mentioned that I normally do 50, 50 with uh-huh. the, with the teams, but I do have the Redskins <laughs> sweeping your Eagles. Uh, honestly, I don't know why I did that. Uh, maybe it's just Neither because the, those games are split between week one and week 17. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's that's an oversight on my part. I mean, again, it's a 50-50 game. So, I mean, uh-huh. I, it could go either way there. But uh, uh-huh. I, I'm going to give the Redskins the win at home, and then, you know, your team's going to fall off at the end of the season. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks. Appreciate Back into it. the playoffs. <laughs> uh, just so much love here. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. Well, uh, it's time to give your team some love because uh, I've got your team finishing second in the uh, in the division. Uh, and it's probably that loss to the Redskins that uh, made the difference uh, between second and first in this particular division. I have you finishing at 10 and 6. Uh, but here's the other thing. I have zero lock wins for your team and zero lock losses. I, I don't feel very confident about your Eagles in either way. And that 
honestly makes me worried in a season when I said, I think everybody's going to go eight and eight. Yeah. And look, after the draft and, you know, I lost my mind over the first round pick and scratched my head over the second round pick and then started waiting for us to sign free agents, which didn't happen. Um, I've availed myself to basically a 10 win season at worst, hopefully. Um, Still competing to win this division with the Cowboys. I will get to them shortly, but I have my own opinions about, you know, what's going on with them. Um, My team didn't really do much. Yeah, we have, look, drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round of the draft does pretty much solidify anything happening to Carson Wentz should he miss a game or three or four. (laughs) <laughs> because last look, last year was the first time he played all sixteen games since his rookie season. Um wasn't always great, wasn't always pretty. Um, but the fact that he played all sixteen games, step in the right direction. Um, starting there, look, I don't care about Nate Sudfield, I don't care about any any weird names being thrown out about who we can sign as a potential backup. I am happy with Jalen Hurts as the number two. It's a job he should be able to easily wrestle away from Nate Sudfeld, um, mainly because of his ability to run our offense, considering that's all he ran in college, which is read option. And he will actually take the option part of that read option and run the football, something Carson Wentz doesn't do anymore. Uh, I wish he would more frequently, but he also has a problem getting down and sliding and getting out of bounds and how he dies and, you know, that Super Bowl season was cut short for him in L.A. Um, but that not, that said, I'm happy with quarterback situation right now. Running back, I'm not worried about that. Miles Sanders will take over the starting job. He'll split time with Boston Scott and Corey Clement, mostly. Um, if anybody else makes the roster, cool, that's probably special teams. I know um, media sources are high on Elijah Holyfield. Maybe, maybe not. There are a couple of other guys who will be in that mix. I know it's just a name. But, again, the name is why they're high with him. That's about it. Receiving core. Oh, gosh. I've noticed you're you're skipping over a a major storyline in this this team. But continue. Continue with the wide receivers. Oh, yeah. I'm skipping it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, receiving core, I, I... the, the issue I have is that Carson Wentz has to find some camaraderie with his receivers like he did the year the Eagles went to Super Bowl when he was hitting Jeffrey and Aguilar and Torrey Smith. But of those guys, only Jeffrey's left. Aguilar pretty much rediscovered his yips and can't catch a cold, let alone a football. But he's got to connect with one of these receivers between Jeffrey Jackson and now Jalen Rieger, who really shouldn't be on the team because one pick later, the receiver I wanted was taken by the Minnesota Vikings. More on that when we get to the Vikings. Zach Ertz cannot lead this team in yards, catches, and touchdowns for a third season in a row. It just it just can't happen. So a receiver has to step up. Wentz has to find that guy. And honestly, I, I, I like what I saw out of Greg Ward Jr. at the end of last season. Um, Marquise Goodwin showed some things down the stretch. Ortega Whiteside just needs time. How much time? I don't know. This would be year two for him. He has to step up in some way, shape, or form. 
offensive line returns pretty much almost mostly intact, minus Brooks. Torres Achilles uh, a few weeks ago, he's out for the year. Um, Matt Pryor will be sliding in in that right guard spot for him. Jason Peters is still out there on the free agency market because Andre Diller is the projected starter. If no one signs Peters, I expect him to return so that Diller can still get another year to watch from the sidelines. Um, Sayamalu, Kelsey, Johnson, arguably some of the best at their respective positions. From left I'll tell you, by the way, Madden loves, Madden loves your backup tackle, Prince Tega, one oh one ago. And that's the thing. We always have depth. And this rookie out of Auburn um, saw some tape on him during the draft process. I like what I'm seeing. Um, the scary thing is, is that if he can push Dillard out of that starting spot, because if he develops the way people are expecting him to, Dillard, there might be some concern there. Again, Dillard was like the touted tackle in last year's draft, but couldn't find his way on the field after Peters got hurt. And that, that was concerning. But the one thing this team always has is depth on the offensive line. Um, so you uh, have the story. The story you probably want to get to probably has something to do with Dallas Goddard, our tight end, getting sucker punched in a bar. Well, well, I was actually referring more to the Brandon book. I mean, that's a huge loss on your offensive line, Brandon Brooks. Yeah. Let's, that, let's not just let's not just ice over that oh, one. No. No, no, uh, that, that is a you're talking about an all pro. <laughs> it guards. So that's a that, yeah. that's a that's a big hole, uh, as you mentioned, with a team that already had lost an offensive lineman that they just haven't resigned, and who knows if they are going to resign him or not. Uh, I would think that Brandon Brooks' injury would kick them a little bit more in the rear end to get something done to to make that better. But uh, that's a that's a tackle position not a guard position uh which is really where they need to fill um but as we look at your defense your front four have always been strong and you still have a nice rotation uh, amongst those players but it's really your linebackers and your secondary now you do include darius slay which is a huge upgrade for a Absolutely. team that's always struggled at cornerback, uh, at least for as long as we've been covering them on this podcast, they've struggled at the corner position. Uh, Darius Slay comes in and is a media upgrade, but there's no one after that. No. And, you know, opposite him, that's going to be the competition for the rest of the offseason, preseason, whatever you want to call it. Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas. Um, Sidney Jones missed his rookie season because during the draft process, he uh, ruptured his Achilles. Russell Douglas, during his rookie season, stepped in for Ronald Darby and played excellent. And teams tested him all year, and granted, he didn't have the eye-popping stats that will warrant Pro Bowl, but just watching him play that rookie season, yeah. You, You talk about pass defenses, being physical, his rookie season was obviously his best season since he's been in the league. And since then he's been average at best. And I'm trying to figure out why hasn't he been able to get back to that form that he had in his rookie season where he was constantly breaking up passes, um, stopping receivers on third down and just denying them the ball flat out. Now he's like a deer in headlights out there. Sidney Jones can't stay healthy. And it's always a knee, calf, quad, 
something in his legs is always hobbling him in week one and always lingers on for the remainder of the season. It happened last year and it happened a year before that. He can't stay healthy. Um, I don't even have him projected as a starter right now. The corners are going to be Slay and Douglas starting, if I have my say-so in it. Nikhil Roby Coleman, um, if that name sounds familiar, he's the uh, guy who didn't get flagged for the, I don't know, call it whatever you want to call it, an NFC Championship game that sent the Rams to the Super Bowl over the Saints. But um, whether you want to call it necessary roughness, illegal contact, um, pass interference, <laughs> any number of things you could have called, that was Nikhil Roby Coleman. He's that DB that, um, that pretty much did not get flagged in that championship game. He's a solid nickel corner. Um, but I do expect uh, Swartz to do some shifting around when we do go into a nickel sub package. Um, Jalen Mills moves to safety. To f- and trust me, this void will never be filled. Malcolm Jenkins left because he wanted, um, he wanted more money or he wanted money above the rate that the Eagles were giving him. He goes back to New Orleans. That's going to be a huge, devastating loss to us in the secondary Rodney McLeod returns, but again, he has an issue with health as well. My issue with Mills, and in case you haven't heard this before, horrible cornerback, very horrible. Um, I don't know how he plays at safety, but it can't be worse than how he played corner. It, it really can't. And he'll see more of the field. Hopefully he's able to read what's going on and get to where the ball is. Do I expect him to make the eye-popping plays within the box the same way Malcolm Jenkins did? No. But I also don't expect him to get beat consistently now that he's actually able to see what's going on in front of him and can stop things happening in the deep half of the field. I still don't have high hopes. So I I do think that there's work to be done with this secondary. It is still a weak spot. Slay will pretty much shut down one half of the field, if you will. But that's all I got. Um, as I mentioned, I have you guys at 10 and six, no lock victories, no lock losses. Uh, and actually, as I'm looking at the way that I've predicted your season to go, uh, it, it's a very strange one with, um, you lose week one at the Redskins. I've mentioned division games. I'm usually going to give the home team the advantage in that particular situation. Then you host the Rams and the Bengals. Then you're at the 49ers and that's your second loss. Uh, for whatever reason, oh, I, you guys, I mentioned earlier with the Giants, the Eagles and Giants tend to swap uh, who wins uh, the the home game, and it's usually the away team. And then I have you on this stretch from week eight, uh, in st- which starts in November through week fifteen, where you will go undefeated uh, with seven straight victories, and then ending your season with the two losses, which unfortunately will knock you out of winning the division. Uh, at mm-hmm. Cowboys and then home to the Redskins. I have a feeling, though, if you go on a seven-game winning streak like that, it's going to take a major injury for for you to fall off there and back into the playoffs. Uh, I think it, if at any point in the season we end on a seven-game win streak, the conference is in trouble. Mm. So let's talk about the team I've predicted as the winner of this division. Uh, one game better than the Eagles, and that is the Cowboys at 11-5. and five. Dak Prescott has signed his franchise tender, so he is going to play for at least one year on the franchise tag for the Dallas Cowboys. That I don't think was ever in any question. Um, we'll see at the time of this recording, uh, 
there was talks that they're still maybe trying to work out a long-term deal. They still have a little bit of a time, but who knows? And honestly, it doesn't really matter because he's going to play this season. And, and that's all we're really focused on in this particular exercise. Uh, the Cowboys, I've got them at 11 and five with two lock victories, but no lock losses. Quite honestly, I think the Cowboys are a strong team this season uh, to contend with. And a lot of that has to do with the new triplets in Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, it's it's a group you can get behind um, as far as doing great things on offense. My concern is how much they run them into the ground. Um, mm-hmm. If you remember that pivotal game last year was a week 16. Cowboys at Eagles, crucial fourth and one play, and Elliott came off the field. Tony Pollard couldn't get one yard. So how often these guys are on the field together is one thing. Um, how they perform in the clutch is another because throughout the course of last year, these guys, primarily these three guys, Prescott, Elliott, and Cooper, didn't show up where it mattered most. We can talk about the inexplicable loss to the New York Jets or, um, like I mentioned, that fourth and one play against Philadelphia. Um, there were just points at last season where it was like, how did they lose this game a little ha- happening a little bit too much last year? And that's where my concern is. It's not questioning the talent. It's basically their ability to show up when needed most. The, they also added uh, more weapons for Dak with uh, CD lamb drafted in the first round as a slot receiver. Michael Gallup uh, made galloping strides. See what I did there uh, yeah. <laughs> in his second season. Uh, and, um, you know, their wide receiving core looks strong. It's really the tight end position. I know Kevin is a big Blake Jarwin fan. Um, so we'll have to see if Blake Jarwin uh, makes some moves. Uh, I, I mean, and their offensive line, while not as great as it once was, is still extremely strong with Tyron Smith, Connor Williams making up the left side, Joe Looney at center, Zach Martin and Lyle Collins on the right side. And center is going to be the issue there. Well, and they did draft Tyler uh, Biotich, whom I like to call Tyler badass, uh, mm-hmm. a strong rookie center uh, out of Wisconsin. Yeah. And again, like I said, center is going to be a problem there. Um, again, <laughs> there, there are some, Look, there, there, we've already discussed, there are two very good defensive lines in this division in both Washington and Philadelphia they're going to have to deal with. And while Washington may be stronger than Philly on the edge, Philly is definitely stronger up the middle with an all-pro there by the name of Fletcher Cox, who has pretty much made life a living nightmare for the interior of this Cowboys line. Um, so Zach Martin notwithstanding, Williams and Looney will have long days at the office. Uh, the defense for the um, Cowboys, uh, still fairly strong. Demarcus Lawrence, Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe, Tyrone Crawford are your front four. Leighton Vanderash, Jalen Smith, and Sean Lee are your linebackers. I mean, really, it's the depth 
uh, issues here for the front seven of the Cowboys defense? There's well, they did just recently sign Alden Smith, and we I understand that he's been out the league for a number of years um, because of his alcohol uh, alcohol addiction that of he's been getting treatment for. <laughs> he says it has it under control. If he can return to any semblance of the breakout year he had in Frisco because that half a season he had in Oakland was putrid. Um, it's, it's nice rotational depth, but after him and maybe Randy Gregory, there's nothing as far as depth on this defensive line. I also feel that um, between McCoy and Poe, you're signing, I mean, these are signings off name recognition, not from any longevity of performance. Uh, McCoy's had some flashes over the last couple of seasons, but hasn't been as dominant as he was during his first three or four years in the league. And Poe hasn't pretty much done anything since leaving Kansas City. The uh, secondary, Byron Jones is gone, but they draft Trayvon Diggs in the second round. Uh, Anthony Brown and Chidobi Awuzie, uh, Maurice Kennedy, Daryl Worley, those are all good solid corner. So there's, there's a little bit of depth there, but it's nothing that necessarily haunts an offense. Xavier Woods and haha Clinton Dix make up the safeties for the secondary. Um, definitely a group of guys that can be had with the right offensive game plan. Uh, inconsistent play across the board. Trayvon Diggs, again, rookies starting the season at corner are hit or miss. They're either really good or they're really bad. Um, there really is no in-between uh, with them. Ha-ha Clinton Dix has pretty much been inconsistent outside of Green Bay. Uh, Awuzie had an up-and-down last season. He was picked on at times when he shouldn't have been, and other times when he should have been exploited, he wasn't. Uh, and that would probably go to the front seven more so than them. But this is a team that, on on paper, this front seven is probably top five in the league easily on paper. Unfortunately, they don't play the games on paper. So we'll see. Um, this, this is a unit that should have bailed them out in situations last year and just flat out couldn't. So I mentioned uh, two lock victories, uh, the Giants in week five uh, and at the Bengals week 14. Um, no lock losses. The losses I do see for them at the Seahawks in week three, uh, at the Redskins week seven, at the Eagles week eight, at the Vikings in week 11, and at the Ravens week 13. Um, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting schedule here for the, for the Cowboys. I think they, they shouldn't have too many problems on, unlike previous seasons. Well, We'll see what this offense looks like. They, too, have, a, you know, the third team in this division with the new head coach, Mike McCarthy. Um, so we'll see what this offense comes out, how it plays. Um, don't expect anything that you saw in Green Bay under Aaron Rodgers um, for starters. Um, I would probably switch a couple of your wins and losses around here. I think they take the Vikings, excuse me, they get the Vikings at Minnesota, but they fall to the Steelers at home. Okay. Um, they probably sweep Washington, so I wouldn't give them that L at home at Washington. Um, 
until Washington proves otherwise. And again, the 49er hangover, if there is one, I would question them winning. I mean, granted, the game will be in Dallas, but it's not like 49ers are coming all the way over to the East Coast, just halfway across the country. Niners could somehow eke that game out. I mean, this, uh, look, for as good as the Cowboys defense played last year, they did struggle against the run a little bit. Um, if you keep pounding them over and over, and the game that sticks out most is the one they lost against the Bills on Thanksgiving Day. And the Bills, for their credit, played solid defense and kept pounding that defensive line with the run until they broke. And then all of a sudden, everything that was three to five yards became 10 and 12 yards. And, you know, that, that's something that the 49ers could do even that late in the season. If I'm not mistaken, I believe the Cowboys Thanksgiving Day game is week 12 against the Redskins. It's Washington. Mm -hmm. And then the following week, they're playing their, you know, every team has one Thursday night game. And that will be the following week 13 at the Ravens. Ravens. Uh, So that it will be uh, an interesting, um, again, that's another one of those interesting quirks in the schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Well, there you go. That's the NFC East. How'd we do? Send us an email, nextfanup at gmail.com. You can always tweet us at NFU Podcast. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash NFU Podcast. There's an Instagram. I really am not on that all that much. That's just Next Fan Up. Uh, what else do I need to tell you? Just tell a friend about us, if you don't mind. I mean, I know it's been a while since you heard from us, but now we've been back. We've been giving you these uh, division previews as we go, and we'll have a postseason prediction show as well at some point here uh, as we finish up all the division previews. Hopefully you're enjoying these. Uh, We really like doing them. It's our sixth year covering the league in this manner. 32 fans, 32-ish fans (laughs) providing you as many different perspectives (laughs) on the stories uh, that affect the NFL and you, the fan, because your perspective is definitely one that belongs in telling the story of the NFL. Uh, So thank you to James for joining me here on the NFC East preview. We'll be back with another one. There you have it. How you doing? Trying to figure out who's going to play. Yeah. So are we.